Thanks for tuning in for this episode of ClearedCast. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with ClearanceJobs.com. And today I'm joined by Jilly Ham, aka Jillian Hamilton, who is our editor at news.clearancejobs.com. So thanks again for joining me today, Jill. It's great to be back again. Love this. <laughs> Excellent. So tell us what happened on the news site last week. Can we get a recap? Sure can. Feels like a blur, you know, so much so much happens over the last couple of weeks, but there are two main ones I wanted to highlight, especially with intelligence. First one was one you wrote followed up with your interview with Dr. Houghton. And I just, I loved listening to that. Shout out for the ClearCast podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just really interesting to, for him to hear him say, if you're not comfortable with saying, I don't know, then the intelligence world is not for you. You know, just like that, that idea that it's okay to fail. You need to take a stab at thinking about big ideas And there's a lot out there that we don't know. And so we need people that are willing to say that and to push back, that kind of thing. So what was it like interviewing him? Well, you know, I I was really interested to hear about his story, you know, and and it's Mm -hmm. very much me being a former recruiter. I love to hear people's stories and their background and their motivations for why they do things. So I really enjoyed listening to what got him interested in espionage originally. And so I, you know, I said that's a little young to be getting interested in nuclear weapons. He (laughs) talked about, uh, you know, reading the making of an atomic bomb when he was 10 and then his deployment stories. I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. listening to those, but he has a really interesting perspective. And, you know, I, I would say he, him and I have similar perspectives on, you know, what intelligence means in relation to policy. And you're exactly right. I don't know is something that intelligence analysts, that's what they thrive on because the Mm -hmm. notion of, I don't know, it allows them to go down another rabbit hole when it comes to research and collecting intelligence. So I I really enjoyed that episode of uh, Cleared Cast for sure. I mean, if one of my kids was reading about the making of the atomic bomb, I'm not saying I would be worried, but I I would not be worried. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) What aren't you telling me, guys? Okay. Right. Uh, Yeah. yeah. No, I love having the spy museum here. It's it's funny because, you know, lived here in this area for probably like 15 years or so. Actually, no, 16 years. But we're definitely spoiled in the D.C. area with the Masonians being free and like, what? You have to pay to go to a museum? <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> it's good when museums around this area could actually thrive and do well and stand the test of time, even though people got to shell out a, a buck or two for it. But it, and it's a really cool concept for a museum to to have to look into because it's something we're all curious about. Absolutely. So if yeah. anybody hasn't been to the International Spy Museum, uh, feel free to check out their website. They do have some cool programs going on. Yeah. That's really great. My kids have been there. I still have yet to to make my way there. But one of those I was fun was fun editing and reading through is Jack Butler's uh, UFO Pentagon's UAPTA budget line item sparks debate. It's the sighting of 15 years ago where they saw this weird vehicle, weird uh, aerial vehicle and chased it. They have video footage of it, and then there's no word on it for years, and then suddenly it's like oh, by the way, here's eight to 10 minutes of a video of this. Yeah, it did happen. It's totally fine. And then suddenly, (laughs) (laughs) pay no attention to it. (laughs) And then suddenly it's back in a budget line item still in 2020. And people are like, wait, 
so it's just funny how there's just different debate and just just how, you know, 2020 just keeps serving up another weird story one at a time. <laughs> yeah, right? let's get weird. Wasn't it tic-tac <laughs> shapes? Yes, yes. So it was a funny shape. It was like weird lighting around it. And every time they try to get close that it would like move away. And I thought it was interesting that the astrophysicist who was a consultant on the program, this mysterious budget light item <laughs> said it was mm -hmm. off world vehicles, not made on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Men um, in black for yes. sure. Yes. They called them in. It's taken care of now. And no one could talk about it because they took their memory from it, right? <laughs> so. Right. Well, and so what I thought was really interesting about that article is the fact that the program was believed to have ended in 2012. And now with the 2020 defense budget coming out, the Pentagon's just like, oh, slipping this one right in the budget. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, look the other way. It's going to be here. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Re really, really interesting article. Yeah, so that was fun. And then we, we were looking at your um, IC Watch dumpster fire. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, do recruiters typically try to use IC Watch, you think? So, yeah, IC Watch, um, if anybody's not familiar, the, it's been around for, you know, years now. If you work in the intelligence community, you probably don't like IC Watch, <laughs> it would right. be my guess. But it is basically a public database on the open source that scrapes LinkedIn and I believe other sources at this point. They had, last we heard, over 400,000 profiles on there of folks that were working in the intelligence community that most likely had security clearances, government personnel, defense contractors. And basically this was a watch the watchers type list that came out by Transparency Toolkit. And so as a recruiter, especially an entry-level recruiter, you know, you're checking Indeed, you're checking clearance jobs, you're checking, checking sources that recruiters use. But if you put in intelligence analyst with the TSSCI into Google, I see watch is going to be the first thing that comes up. And so mm. my opinion of the list is that it nicely packages up our folks working in national security. And I don't like that. Yeah. I think it is something that can be used to target those folks. Yeah. But again, it's a good reminder for these people working in national security. They're the ones putting their contact information on LinkedIn. They're the ones listing all of this. So there are two sides to the coin. But what I do encourage defense recruiters to take a look at that article is why to take a look at that article is because the folks that are managing IC Watch, they can potentially target, you know, whatever defense contractor you are working for and potentially expose or exploit your programs, if that makes sense. And that's a lot right. of, that's never really talked about. You know, right. it's always the people on the list. It's never, well, what about Who's if you're just looking? Yeah, looking right. at the list. Right. Potentially to just try to find people. Then then they know, oh, hey, you have employees with clearances there. <laughs> Let's right. check out your company. So right. it kind of exposes your own company. So it's good. it was a good reminder on that. Good reminder yeah. of OPSEC, yeah. Op mm -hmm. Operational security, definitely something that you need to keep at the forefront of your mind. Right, exactly. Well, and then William Henderson talked about letters of recommendation, that even if you, it's not that the letters of recommendation themselves lead to a clearance denial, but it's basically not teeing up 
the people that you've asked to write you some letters, not teeing them up with the correct information, what they need to put in their letters. So in mm-hmm. other words, if you've gotten to that point where you need letters of recommendation, this is a really good, straightforward article on exactly what you need in those letters. So don't skimp out on this process to make sure that you have, basically you want to know in this situation where this, this person has perhaps failed, <laughs> how right. have they shown integrity and improvement since then? And there was a couple other things that he had in there, but it was really interesting that he was kind of highlighting how people have gone through this process, but still been denied because they didn't get letters and tell people, not that you're crafting what they have to write, but I think it's people like having a grid. They're going to write, they want to support you and they're supporting you because they trust you. So I think it was a helpful, helpful look at that. Yeah. Always the misconception articles always do well on the site. I haven't, I don't think, I believe I've read one about letters of recommendation regarding your security clearance denials. That's a good one to check out as well. Right. Right. And then Steve talked to us. I put out this one on Groupthink because he wrote about Groupthink this past week. And I thought that really went well with your interview with Dr. Houghton, being able to say, I don't know. But just how valuable it is to have leaders and team members who are willing to say no to a leader or tell them their opinion instead of just going along with what everybody else is doing, especially when you're talking about war and peace and mm-hmm. safety of the military and like in the defense world, it's better to not just coast along with everybody else, which is hard because sometimes that can impact your career. So that's sure that's a hard thing to weigh to weigh out and you shouldn't take it lightly. It's about asking those questions and starting a conversation. That's one of the things I I know that Dr. Mann is about. And with my conversation with Dr. Houghton, being able to ask the questions to sort of challenge the status quo, because that's eventually how, where we see success. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, and there's a difference between somebody who's contentious and, you know, just arrogant and always pushing back just for the sake of pushing back and somebody who's actually critically thinking about something and Mm -hmm. challenging the status quo just to make sure that we're doing the right thing, not to try to be like, not trying to put themselves forward. (laughs) So so that's the wrong motivation there too. Absolutely. And then I loved Candace Frost, Colonel Candid, her article on three ways to deal with the narcissistic boss. When she interviewed with you on toxic leadership, I really <laughs> loved in that interview, she had outlined different steps on how to respond to toxic leaders, mm-hmm. which is sometimes I think when you're in the moment, it's, it's, it's good to recognize that you have a toxic leader. Sometimes that's not actually that hard to see. You're like, this yeah. is just painful every single day, but now what do I do? Like, how am I supposed, mm-hmm. other than endure or find a new job, which sometimes that is what your option is, just get a new job. <laughs> You bide your time and you got to, but you know, sometimes you can't like, especially if you're in like military and you are under that leader for however many, however long you're stuck there, one year, three years, there are different ways to go about. So I loved, she gave three, give them a chance to change, confront the problem. And then her last one was check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it was, it was really great because like her first one, even like give them a chance to change where she had somebody who was a leader who was stabbing her, he poked everybody in the chest. (laughs) Uh And she said, one day I responded with, hey, sir, last time I checked, I was a female. You probably shouldn't poke me in the chest with your hand. 
he was taken aback, apologized, and said, I didn't even think about that. I'm used to being to only being around men. So by informing sure. him, his actions changed. So just giving people a chance to actually change. And sometimes that's spotting the difference between somebody who comes across as toxic who, as opposed to somebody who actually is toxic. So that I thought mm-hmm. that was a helpful, helpful point from her. Yeah, just remembering that uh, not all actions are malicious or, you know, inherently malicious. And sometimes it is just ignorance. But, you know, I do have to say, Jilly Ham, I appreciate all of these different nicknames that we have. We have Colonel Candid. We have Dr. Man. We got Jilly Ham. I have deemed myself KK. So this is great. But, yeah, definitely check out Colonel Candid, Candace Frost, her recent article on toxic leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Jilly Ham might stand for, but... <laughs> Jillian Hamilton, dead. <laughs> Jillian Ham. Well, real candid. I like the candid, like, you know. <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I just have to say I appreciate it. I think it it makes Clearance Jobs a fun place. But so what is what can we look forward to this week on the new site? Well, coming up, we are. So I've been doing some education pieces. Look, So far, I've looked at the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And then I looked at Alabama and Colorado. Um, and then upcoming is going to be um, Texas, like California, I think Arizona. There's a couple mm-hmm. other ones. The so particularly we're we're zeroing in on okay, what are the schools doing in response to COVID-19 and how they're about to they're trying to deal with this and reopening in the fall. And then mm-hmm. how are some employers actually responding? My favorite was Alabama so far with their one mm-hmm. principal with. Uh, I don't know if you watched the video. He's, he's I, I did. I did. Can't touch this. <laughs> yeah. Can't touch this. Sanitize. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I've actually seen a couple of like news stations who are interviewing him after this whole thing. And it's just, it's hilarious. He was just trying to make a fun way to inform kids about social distancing and sanitizing and all that. And now he's has millions like of views. Five million and it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, he does have a YouTube channel. <laughs> That's amazing. But I, don't I think appreciate it. It would take off like this. So I, I can support that. Yeah, I just think it's such a heavy time. It's not heavy. It's it's probably not the right word for it. It's just it's already stressful enough to take your kids back to school. Some parents have, you know, they're anxious. Some parents are really happy. And so for those parents, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, now they're going to be virtual at home with me, half of them, you know. Um, <laughs> but like you're just you're trying to make sure they have everything they need. And now you have changing start dates. You have some of them are on like a rotating schedule. Like Colorado has like for the o- older kids, they have kids going in for two days and they're off for home for two days. And then other students are cycling in. And so when you mix that with employers who are at 50 percent capacity, who are half the time at home, half the time in the office, you start to get like parents losing their minds with trying to manage these schedules. Just just that component is stressful. Mask like specifications on what they need to have, all those different things, plus your normal parental fears. I just think it's a it's a lot for on the working parents, especially who are trying to juggle getting their jobs done and make sure their kids are well-educated <laughs> and able to enter society at some point. <laughs> so, which is always Absolutely. a fear. That's why I kind of, I did love that he did that video, that principal did that video, which was just fun and kind of brought some levity to the situation. Um, so I did appreciate that. So I'll be doing more of those. And then obviously we'll keep you posted on leadership topics, maybe dealing with a to- another toxic boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, all those what if security clearance questions that start to swirl in your head, you know, late at night. We, we try to answer those for you. So excellent. I'm looking forward to it, Jill. Well, that concludes this episode of Cleared Cast. So feel free to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow. You won't want to miss next week when we actually sit down with Steve Leonard, a.k.a. Doctrine Man. So me and him are going to talk about more toxic leadership. Very, very toxic times. But, (laughs) you know, if it's not toxic, we'll also have some other career advice on the news site. So if you have any thoughts or questions about security clearances or want us to dive in a little bit more on a specific topic, then you can just send us a direct message at editor at clearancejobs.com. 